WVOW Local News, now. After allegedly beating a man, placing him in a dog cage, and delivering him to a McDowell County hospital, a couple from Mercer County is now in jail. I'm Faith Bannister. Both Montcalm residents Walter Lee, age 42, and Trisha Lee, age 38, were detained on Wednesday and are now being held on felony counts of kidnapping, malicious wounding, assault, battery, and conspiracy. Gerald Bennett, the victim, revealed to state police that he had been sharing a trailer with a couple on Muncie Lane in Montcalm for nearly a year. Bennett claimed that the Lees had put him in a dog cage in the trailer's living room after starting to violently beat him with clenched fist. Bennett could not escape the cage because the couple secured it with a padlock, according to the criminal complaint made in Mercer County. Trisha Lee was the only one, according to Bennett, who had the key to open the cage. He claimed that only one meal would be provided each day and that he would be caged for the entirety of the day. The Lees would also allegedly cover the dog cage so Bennett couldn't see what was happening. According to police, Bennett was not permitted to leave the cage to use the restroom and was instead made to wear adult diapers. Trisha Lee dropped off Bennett at Welch Community Hospital on November 28th with serious injuries, according to the police. After that, he was taken to a medical facility in Pikeville, Kentucky to receive treatment for those wounds. Police found two black and orange Harley-Davidson blankets, a blue propane tank, and two padlocks when the pair were apprehended. The Southern Regional Jail is holding the Lees without bond. WVOW News is brought to you by Logan Regional Medical Center. I'm Tanya Crubb, Director of Acute Inpatient Rehab. Logan Regional Medical Center, always here for you. Hi, I'm Dr. Wright, Surgical Podiatrist from Logan Regional Medical Center, always here for you. I'm Romel Mitchell, Executive Secretary. Logan Regional Medical Center, always here for you. Thank you for trusting your care at Logan Regional Medical Center, always here for you. The Logan County Sheriff's Office reported just before 1 p.m. that David Aaron Gray of Bruno, who was last seen on Wednesday, December 7th, around 7 p.m., has been located. State police executed a drug search warrant Thursday at Amherstdale and arrested five individuals. West Virginia State Police and members of the U.S. 119 Task Force raided a residence on Cowan Street in Amherstdale as part of a drug investigation. According to the complaint in Logan Magistrate Court, the investigation centered around 50-year-old Richard Douglas Smoot of Amherstdale and his alleged drug supply from 39-year-old Michael Henry Frazier of Akron, Ohio. Police also obtained a search warrant for a black Jeep Grand Cherokee with Ohio tags that was idling in front of the residence without any occupants. Police were advised by other defendants in the residence that the vehicle was the transportation for Frazier and 23-year-old Akron resident, Daquise Davion Luis. Both Ohio residents were found on the second floor of the residence. A search of the house yielded suspected marijuana and fentanyl. Also located in the residence was an undisclosed amount of money and digital scales. The search of the Jeep produced a large amount of drugs, according to the complaint. Officers alleged to have found approximately 550 grams of methamphetamine, 125 grams of fentanyl in multiple plastic bags, digital scales, more marijuana, and a loaded Glock 9mm pistol. Louise and Frazier faced multiple felonies, including possession with intent to deliver a Schedule II substance, fentanyl and meth, conspiracy, and transporting fentanyl into the state. Bond for each was set at $500,000 cash only. Richard Smoot was charged with possession with intent to deliver fentanyl and conspiracy. Bond was set at $200,000 cash only. 
Two more Tridelphia residents were also arrested during the sting. 55-year-old Patricia Starkey and 19-year-old Douglas Cody Smoot were each arrested with possession with intent to deliver fentanyl and conspiracy. Their bonds were also set at $200,000. A man who launched a police chase with a one-year-old in the back seat has received his prison sentence. According to the Kanawha County Prosecutor's Office, Dakota Taylor was sentenced on Wednesday to one to five years for both the felony crime of child neglect and strangulation, totaling 10 years of potential jail time. According to officials, the penalties must run consecutively. In addition, Taylor must pay a $1,000 fine and serve 10 years of extended supervision following his conviction. The allegations are related to the March 2022 incident. Taylor arrived at CAMC Women and Children's Hospital after a domestic altercation in Nitro, according to Charleston Police. Taylor fled the scene in his car while his one-year-old was in the back seat as police officers approached him. Around midnight, according to Kanawha County dispatchers, Taylor fled the hospital. The criminal complaint claims that as soon as the automobile entered South Charleston, cops began pursuit. The chase lasted about 20 miles, ending in Cabell County. The pursuit ended on Charlie's Creek Road, according to the Hurricane Police Department. There were at least seven different law enforcement organizations involved. Head of the United States Environmental Protection Agency, Michael Regan, visited McDowell County this week and said the water conditions were unacceptable. Following winter visits to Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas, Reagan made his last stop on his journey to justice tour in the coal fields, one of the poorest in the country. The tour, according to Reagan, aims to start talks and restore trust with traditionally underserved groups like low-income people, communities of color, tribal lands, and others. According to the Associated Press, after speaking with local residents in the city of Welch, Reagan concluded that it's long past time for the federal government to step in with real solutions, saying that the conditions were unacceptable. Residents also discussed how the town came together to discover innovative solutions as a result of their water problems. Reagan was shown a series of solar-powered hydro panels that draw clean water out of air at the Five Loaves and Two Fishes food bank, where water is the most frequently requested item rather than food. The Appalachian Water Project, a program of the California-based organization Dig Deep, employs locals to work on bridging the water gap in McDowell and neighboring counties. Reagan also went on a tour of a water treatment facility run by the McDowell Public Service District, which has been combining and modernizing systems in mining areas and has so far provided clean, dependable water to about 400 families. Additionally, the charity and Dig Deep have teamed up to jointly fund residential connections. According to Reagan, the Journey to Justice tour also aims to learn about people's struggles so that the government can offer assistance, including financing from programs like the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act. Since communities know their issues best, his staff had visited McDowell County at least six times this year. Following three years of legal battles over how the company's marketing appealed to youths, the e-cigarette manufacturer Juul has reached settlements covering more than 5,000 cases with nearly 10,000 plaintiffs. Jewel did not reveal the amount, but a portion of the national settlement money will go to West Virginia schools to support nicotine addiction programs. Charleston attorney Rusty Webb, who represented 20 West Virginia school systems in the case, told Metro News how the settlements will help schools in the Mountain State. School boards will be able to reimburse themselves for prevention, treatment, and most importantly, the expenditures that they've had to lay out for these uh monitors that they've had to put on uh, in school bathrooms, and, and incredibly, they've had to put them on buses as well.
you budget for books and teachers and administrators, but you you don't uh, you don't budget for all the time that the administrators and the principals and the school attorney have to invest in all these disciplinary proceedings, and there have been a ton of them. Plaintiffs in a multi-district litigation claim that Jewel Labs Incorporated marketed its products in a way that targeted minors, with flavors like mango, mint, and creme brulee. They also claim that Jewel's marketing misrepresents or omits the fact that its products are more potent and addictive than cigarettes. Settlements include compensation for people suffering from nicotine addiction and other health issues, as well as reimbursement for Jewel product purchasers. As part of the multi-district litigation, local governments such as school districts, cities, counties, and tribal governments will receive resources to combat nicotine addiction among youth. The final allocation of the reimbursement will take into account factors such as population and litigation risk, among others. Since Jewel's release in 2015, critics have described both explicit and subtle attempts to appeal to youth. In January of 2020, the West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources issued a report titled West Virginia Youth and Vaping, a Dangerous Combination. The DHHR described the rise in vaping as alarming and a problem that could have an impact on brain and social development. State Homeland Security officials said that there were a total of 19 hoax threats in 17 West Virginia counties during a sudden rash of 911 calls Wednesday. 19 Metro, is this going to be an active shooter at the high school? 10-4, going to be a black long rifle, AR-15, seven students have been shot. Metro, put that out, we need everybody we can. You don't want the Metro, whatever's going on is not actual. I'm negative, I'm in the hallway now, there's nothing going on that I know. The caller reported an active shooting in progress at a local high school. Each report claimed the gunman was in the school and that there were casualties. Officials stress all of the calls were a hoax. The practice is called swatting. The story is fabricated to elicit a large-scale law enforcement response, often to the level of an agency SWAT team being dispatched to the scene. There have been similar incidents around the country, like what happened Wednesday in West Virginia. The FBI is looking into all of the incidents. It's believed at least some of the swatting calls originated overseas. Despite the fear and panic the incidents created, the response in all cases by law enforcement was reportedly tremendous. The Department of Homeland Security in recent months has been working on Governor Jim Justice's Safe Schools program. The protocols implemented with the program were in place Wednesday as law enforcement rushed to the schools in those 17 counties, ready to tackle whatever threat they found. Fortunately, they found nothing. Get local news on demand at WVOWradio.com or on your smart device. This is WVOW Logan. Here's the Coalfields forecast from the Storm Tracker 13 Weather Center. I'm Storm Tracker 13 Chief Meteorologist Spencer Adkins. Today, we're up around 58. A couple little showers here and there, and then they'll scoot away. We'll kind of drip dry slowly. The air will still feel damp, so fog is quite possible. Dropping from the 50s back down into the 40s, 42, 44 for your low. Starting dry Saturday, ending with showers. Starting with a shower Sunday, ending dry. Both days will be in the mid-50s. I'm 13 News Chief Meteorologist Spencer Adkins. Listen throughout the day or click on tristateupdate.com for more weather information from the Storm Tracker 13 Weather Center.